So hello everyone and welcome. I just am finding great joy in hearing from a lot of you. Thank you so much for your feedback. Most of all, it's just so much fun to talk to you, even though I can't see you. But I'm just so blessed to know that you're listening and the things that the Lord puts on my heart to share are blessing your heart. So today I want to continue with this take heart idea. I was talking to Pete about it and recognizing that a lot of what I'm sharing with you already and probably will for the next few times is one of the sessions that's in our first loved material under the category of suffering. This is some of the teaching that you would receive on a weekend. So I'm giving it to you in bits and pieces. So for some of you who are listening, it may sound familiar because you might have heard some of it. So anyway, though, for today, this whole idea of let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And we've been talking about Jesus saying that, that we have a choice as to how we're going to feel because emotions are tied to thought and belief. Again, thinking about even last week, it was recognizing my own fear and worry that came up when I thought about the possibility of suffering if, I, if something were to happen because of um, a terrorist experience or something. And then it reminded me that behind fear and behind worry is always this idea of anticipated pain, anticipated suffering. I mean, just think about it. When you're afraid, if you thought about what am I thinking at the time, I think you'll notice every time that somehow you're anticipating suffering. And probably the difference between fear and worrying in terms of anticipating pain and suffering is that fear would probably be a more immediate, intense kind of of experience of pain or suffering, where worry is something that is a little bit maybe further out there. But one way or another, you're anticipating pain, you're anticipating suffering, and this is why this comes up and why it takes away your peace. Your peace... On the other hand, is this idea that you're not going to experience pain. You're not going to experience suffering, that things are going to be comfortable. They're going to be fine. Well, in two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that one of the greatest struggles, I think, especially as American Christians, is that we think that being Christian, that everything's going to be fine, that everything's going to be comfortable, that overall life will go without suffering or struggle. Two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that both Jesus, in this world, you will have troubles. And Paul many times talked about that this was normal. Peter talked about suffering being normal, that still one of the most important things we got to grab a hold of is that suffering was to be expected. Suffering was considered normal. And perhaps it was more abnormal when things were in fact going well circumstantially in our lives. Well, I just felt compelled to come back to this idea, though, again, about perspective, that the more I was preparing, the more I was thinking and praying, is that this perspective about how we see life and our experience in our present life is just so crucial, where, again, one, yes, to think of normal, and that it's normal, as Paul said, that At times he was well-fed, and other times he was hungry, and he just saw that as normal. Sometimes he had plenty, and sometimes he had want, and this was just normal. 
And I think especially we just have to own the fact that what we really desire, and it's a good desire, right? It's a good desire to want no more um, pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more disease, no more loss, no more sadness, all these things that are promised in Revelation 21 and 22. Of course we want that. It's joy. It's wonderful. But I think the Lord's just placed on my heart again that we so have to own that that's primarily not for now. This is really about later, that, that especially the early believers had really owned that they were a future-oriented people, that all of these things that we hope for, long for, enjoy, that we want, really are in the future. So then it causes us to have to really focus on how am I supposed to live now? What is supposed to be my perspective? And again, so I'm saying, first of all, is expect suffering. That is normal. That is supposed to be a part of our existence. It was a part of Jesus. It's part of Paul's, part of the disciples. It was a part of everyone's. And even as I say that, again, I don't want you to think that God doesn't care that it's like no big deal. I know so many who suffer. I suffer chronically now because of the diabetes, because of neuropathy in my feet, and so I'm much more sensitive to those who suffer chronically, constantly. In fact, I'm still blown away when Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, when he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day for these light and momentary troubles. And I'm thinking, Paul, are you kidding me? Light and momentary? What in his lists were light and momentary? It seemed like he was enduring incredibly difficult things, not just in the moment. And they were heavy and they were hard. I mean, instead of like heavy and chronic, instead of light and momentary, right? And so I just think about, Lord, how do we get to that place where we can actually see the things we're going through and the suffering? And, and I think sometimes we forget about Paul that suffering wasn't easy for him. Remember in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where he cries out to the Lord, whatever the thorn in the flesh was, I'm more inclined to think that it was his eye problem, because especially that even in that whole letter, they're challenging whether he really is an apostle or a super apostle of some kind. And of course, it's tough to talk about the power of God, and yet you're going blind or you can't see well. And so you're talking about God's power and that he's Lord over death and disease and this, that, and the other thing, and yet you're suffering, you know? So I'm more inclined to think that it had to do with some physical thing. Remember the Lord says to him that, you know, my grace is sufficient for you and that my power is made perfect, reaches full measure in your weakness. Well, there's two other places too that I love the, that Paul is real. And I guess I want you to really hear that today, that even though we're talking about this is normal, it's to be expected, that, that yes, there's times we experience plenty. Yes, there's times we are well fed. But I think what's probably supposed to be a little more normal is that we are going without. We are uncomfortable at times. And, and at times it's not going to be easy, especially as we think about brothers and sisters around the world whose lives really are difficult. And I just love these two passages in Second Corinthians as well 
where, first of all, Paul says, in fact, the whole letter of 2 Corinthians, I mean, that's where so many of these verses are coming from, right? His list of suffering and struggle, 2 Corinthians 6 is an amazing list, 2 Corinthians 11 is an amazing list, just all the stuff that's going on in his life. But I love this in chapter 7 where he says, um, he's writing to the Corinthians, he says, for when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest. This body of ours had no rest. Instead, we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. I mean, folks, this is Paul, okay? So, recognize this is the one who says, you know, so I'll delight all the more in my weakness and my hardship because then I experience his power and his presence. Paul's saying, look, we had no rest. We were harassed, conflicts on the outside, fears within, and we were downcast. Any of you ever felt that way? (laughs) I certainly have. But it's here that Paul says, but God comforted us. And at the very beginning of the letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Hear it again from the Lord's heart, maybe for the first time. I am the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So let me comfort you in all your struggles, in all your troubles, so that you'll be able to comfort others with the comfort you've received from me. I am the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. So let me comfort you in all your troubles. And see, then later in in chapter 7, he lists those troubles. I mean, we were without rest, we were harassed, conflicts, fears, downcast. But God comforted us, and especially through someone else, through Titus. Well, even further on in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, again, he's just talking about the difficulties that he was going through. But hear this from the Lord, even in the midst of your suffering. Again, some of you today may be suffering. Some of you are, it's not light and momentary, it's chronic. And I guess what I just felt in my heart today, even though I had several other things prepared, I told Pete, I said, I can't make up my mind. But here's what's coming out today, is the Lord is not indifferent to your suffering Even before I tell you that text, I mean, just consider Jesus again, that when he saw Mary and Martha, that he entered into their loss, into their suffering, and wept with them, and was deeply um, troubled with them, empathized with their loss, that the Lord is not indifferent. He is not uncaring about what you're going through. And so even this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, but hear this from the Lord, I know I know you are under great pressure, far beyond your ability to endure, so that I know even now you are despairing of life. Indeed, you feel as though sentenced to death in your heart. But oh, know this, dear one, that it's in times like these when you cannot rely on yourself. You are learning to rely on me, your God, who has the power to raise you from these death-like situations. See, somehow it's just knowing that he knows. It's knowing that he cares. It's, it's that he's with us. He's present with us, that he will come and comfort us directly or through someone else. That he says, my grace is sufficient for you, that, that I am here to help you, to sustain you, to uphold you, is that he's not indifferent to the suffering. Even though it's normal, 
even though it's difficult. What I was going to share, and I'll pick this up again next time, is that still in the present moment, one again is that it's normal. We really, really, really have to own that, that what we long for, a life of comfort and peace and without all that, that suffering stuff is postponed to the future, but that in the present, it's not about us, you guys. This is the hardest thing is that our culture has so tried to make it about us and that it is about we deserve a break today, you know, <laughs> that, you know, you deserve this, you deserve that, that, that the ultimate shift is that we are no longer living for ourselves, but living for something far greater. We're living for another purpose. It's God's purpose. It's not living for prosperity. It's living for people that our lives are spent on behalf of others. When Jesus came, he did not come as the king to be served and honored and worshipped. In that time, he recognized, I know who I am, but I am here for your sakes. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life. Ultimately, you guys, this is the shift is that we are present on the planet for his sake, for his purposes, and especially for the lives of others. So I'm going to unpack that a little bit more next time. But I guess I just felt in my heart today is that before we went on, as much as reminding you that it's normal, that all the good stuff is postponed to the future, that we might at times experience blessing, yes. And that suffering, I think, is supposed to be more expected and more normal. But what I felt most in my heart today, this morning, is that he wants you to hear and to know, but I do care. I am the Father of compassion. I am the God of all comfort. I know you are under great pressure. But let my grace, let my grace, let my power, let my presence be enough. Let me come and comfort you. Let me come and weep with you. And especially in 2 Corinthians 7, 5, 6, 7 there is the fact that sometimes that comfort comes through others. You guys, we really got to let one another come and be Jesus. Be the Father to each other and say, you know what? I know it's hard, but he is with us. There is a glorious future coming. But right now it's for his sake and for his purpose. So to that end today, I just want to encourage you Know that you're loved. Know that he cares. Know that he's with you. Know that he's not indifferent. Instead, he says, In me, you will have peace. So take heart, because I have overcome the world. Love you. Bless you. Have a good one.